Bibles this morning, turn with us to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read one verse, and that's verse 7. Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith verse. And we want to share with you this morning about a man who made a decision for God to change the whole world. Matter of fact, if he hadn't he had been a righteous and holy man and had a relationship with God because everybody else in the world didn't know God or didn't want to know Him. And God told them, I'm sorry that I made mankind. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy every one of them. And then He looked. And he seen a man named Noah who was the type of man that God is looking for. Now, I don't mean to step on anybody's toes this morning, guys, but my message is for us men. And the responsibility that we have is God's men. What you and I do changes the whole outlook on generations that come after us. Now, ladies, I, I want you to understand this is biblical, so don't get, don't get angry, Brother Doug. The man is supposed to be the head of the house. Now, I understand something. Some guys don't step up to be that kind of man. And because of that, the family uh, group does not work like it's intended to work. And so God said, I got, I got a picture. I got a man and I'm gonna change and he's gonna change the whole world. Now you say, Brother Doug, I'll never be a Noah. But you and I are Noah's to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, all those generations that go after uh, us. And we're also a Noah in the church that we that we worship in. Amen. That we're a part of. Because how we live our lives and what is important to us determines our family and our church. In other words, if you got a bunch of lazy guys that don't care anything about God, I mean, they're saved. They're on their way to heaven. Boy, they got it all. That ain't all of it. God says, you're the head of the house. You're the head of the church. You step up and make a commitment to me. And you're going to change the world that comes after you. Back in the 1940s when we were in the midst of World War II, the family group started to change for some reason. The reason was because Satan understood if he could attack the family, then the family wouldn't be as vocal for God and live their life for God like they should. And if they could uh, mute the head, the man that's who the head of the house, then, hey, he don't care if we come to church. And he don't care if we raise our hand. And he don't care if we say Amen. Those things don't bother him. As long as when we go outside the doors of this church, then our life starts 
looking different. That's what he cares about. And he's smart. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a cheat. He cares nothing about you and I. He wants us to spend eternity in hell with him. God loved us so much that he gave us his only son to die that we might have salvation. And not just salvation, but a relationship with an almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God. Amen. And he said that day, and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't man up till I was saved. And that was about when I was about 22 years old. Before that, I just hung around the house. But there comes a time, guys, where you and I have to man up for, and be who God intended for us to be. And so, Noah gives us a picture. And if you'll stand with us right quick, we're going to read this one verse. It said, verse 7, chapter 11, by faith... Not the way I think, not the way I think is the best way, not the way I hope something happens like it. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. In other words, he was in awe of who God was. <laughs> Prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by what? Faith. Lord, thank you for your word. We praise you, Lord, for this opportunity. Help us to say the things that will uplift and encourage and strengthen. That's our goal, Lord, and that's our desire. We pray, Lord, that, uh, that we'll refocus our hearts and our minds on what's really important today. We love you and we praise you. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Every man in this church, if you're married, you have children, grandfather, whatever, going to be married, going to have children, whatever that may be, we, have, we need to have a desire and a goal and a task. Now, what is God, what's the task God's given each and every man? What's the most important thing that God has given you and I to do? Huh? Serve the God, you say serve the gospel. Okay. That's one. The most important task that God has given every man, every father, is to build a spiritual ark for his house. Because I'm going to share something with you. The world throws things. The world is not our friend. It throws everything at us that it can. Satan doesn't care about us. He doesn't love us. He wants us down. He wants us defeated. He wants us not to have the victory that, that God wants us to have. So, I grew up and I became a man. And I'm not talking about a man having the best muscles unless they're spiritual muscles. I'm talking about a man that steps up for God and says, God, I don't know how this is going to turn out. You do. I don't know what my family is going to face. You do. I'm going to, I don't know how the, the world's going to shape my family, what's going to happen to my family, but I do know one thing, God. You're my God, and you're my Savior, and you're, you're indispensable for my life. And as a husband, I'm going, to, I'm going to say, God, this is what I want to do. I want to live my life sharing the gospel. 
gospel with my family and building a spiritual heart. So that child, and they'll mess up, folks. Okay, because I messed up. And you messed up. But, but so my child will grow up with some knowledge of who God is. So when they face the storms of life, they will build their home on a sand. They'll build their home on the rock. And the rock is Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter if the storms come and the rains come and whatever happens in their life, they will have a, a relationship with God. That's my most important job. Is a man of God. And so I want to look at the steps that Noah went through. Um, number one, by faith, he prepared the ark. Faith makes things hoped for as real as if they were all if I already had them. Now here's what the world's doing. It is so spiritually blind that it can't see them past their face. Okay? They're stumbling through life and their eyes are closed and they're hoping they reach the right place and they hope they don't trip over something in life and they hope everything's going to be okay. You and I, guys, don't live like that. We live by faith. In other words, when God says something, we accept it as a true fact. I don't have to see it to believe it. I don't have to touch it to believe it. I don't have to do any of those things. All I have to do is just simply follow God's plan for my life. Now, faith is amazing. Faith is amazing. It provides unspeakable evidence that the unseen, the spiritual things, are absolutely certain and a fact. In other words, if God tells me something, I don't. I can believe that. I don't have to fall on my face all the time. I don't have to make all the mistakes I made all the time. I don't have to live my life like that. God said it, so I believe it, so I can grow as a child of God, so that I can build a spiritual heart for, for my children and my wife and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. It says in verse 1 of chapter 11, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, uh, faith is my title deed. Everything in this book belongs to me. Amen. And somebody said, I, I, I didn't count them, but somebody said there's 7,000 promises that God has for his children in this book. 7,000 promises. Amen. And I won't ever stink in one of them. That's the way that a man who is raising a family needs to live his life. That's, faith is my time of need. I was saved, and God says, I'm going to do some things in your life that are simply out of this world. And I want you to grab a hope. And I want you to get a hold of it. You don't have to see it, Brother Doug. It's going to be a part of your life. Just hang on, because the ride's going to be good. Amen. Faith. I can't describe it to a lost person, and you can't either. But faith makes things real. 
It brings a future within the present and makes the invisible seen. Yes. Do you have to see it to believe it? No. You know what I'm saying? It used to be, or it used to come out of my mouth anyway. Uh, I got to see it before I believe it, brother. Well, I've learned something in the last, I'm not going to tell you my age, last 40, 50 years. <laughs> Some things that I, if I, I just couldn't believe they had. That's the way you and I as men live our lives. Now the world may think that's crazy, but they don't know our God. The world may think that's funny, but they didn't make this world. The world may think that's strange, but they didn't make me and you. The world has done nothing. But my God has. There's a show on TV, and I'm trying to think of the man that, uh, baby, what's his name? About looking for God. And they said, he's got a show on his extended series about looking for God. Morgan Freeman. I don't have to watch that. By faith, I already found him. Every day. It's not a faith that we express. It is a faith that characterizes us. In other words, I don't have to stand up and say, I'm a man of faith. I want everybody to know I'm a man of faith. No, the people will see that I'm a man of faith because it characterizes who I am. In other words, I believe what God says. That's the end of the sentence. Let's put a period on the end of it. And let me live my life that And I'm going to raise my children and my great uh, 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 and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. That way, because I want that young boy that is two years old now, if God lets me live long enough to look back and say, this is what Poppy taught me. And I've seen it in his life. Greatest legacy I can leave. And then the, 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 the second thing is uh, Noah's moved by fear. Are you scared of God? Don't answer that out too quick out loud. You scared of God? God don't want you to be scared of Him. He wants you to be in awe of You see, that's the God that we have. You see, a lot of this stuff blows my mind. Why would God send His Son to die for me so that I could have a relationship with the Father that is simply going to blow my mind as a human being? And that amazes me. I'm not scared of God. If I go through trials, He's there. If I go through struggles, He's there. If I go to my deathbed, he's going to be there. 
when I wake up or however it works and, and I go to heaven, uh, he's going to be there from the day I was saved to the end of eternity. God has always been there in my life and in your life. And guys, that's what he wants us to understand. He wants us to share with our children the, uh, the awesomeness of who God is in our everyday life. Guys, let me share something with you. Your kids won't remember the things of the world that you gave them. Well, they might enjoy them for a while. But they they won't they can't live their life that way. They they'll understand that. It'll take a little while. It took us a little while. But as long as we teach them, one day they're gonna wake up and they're gonna say, That's what daddy told me. I don't need all that stuff to be happy. I just need to have a relationship with my creator to be happy. And he's going to give me the lady that I need to, that I need that's going to fulfill my life here. And we're going to work together and we're going to build a family. And guess what, Daddy? The things I remember about you and when they're standing at the gravestone at the cemetery, when they put you in the ground, they're going to say, I remember the faith that my father had. And I want you to understand, I want you to also understand, I, he was in awe of who God was. Amen. That's the way Noah was. God come to him and spoke and he said, Noah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to build an ark. Now understand something. It hadn't rained up to that time. Understand something. He wasn't close to an ocean. Understand something. The ark was as big as one of the ocean liners that we have today. Goes on the ocean today. And he spent 125 years with people laughing at him. Because he was building something that they thought was a they thought he was a nut that he was a fool preacher, and he was misguided. But one day, it started to rain. And when it started to rain, God said, no, go get in the ark with your family, and the animals that I told you to get. And when you got in there, God shut the door. Noah got to that point because he was in awe of who God is. And I ask you a question this morning. When you come to this church house on Sunday morning, do you have to get in awe of him after you get in here? Or are you in awe of him before you come to the doors? You see, it, it is life-changing. Noah believed the unbelievable. To do the incredible. <coughs> to stand up for God and His Word. And stand against the mockery of this world. Listen folks, our country is not too good shape right now. And they can laugh at Christians if they want to. But I'm going to share something with you. And they can laugh at them because they're in awe of who God is. And they're excited about going to church. And they love the Lord. And they can do all that they want to. But one day God's going to shut the door. The third thing is, it says in that verse, 
fear prepared an ark for the, to, for the saving of his house. Guys, let me share something with you this morning. God's not going to do the work. Amen. He didn't do it for no one. He ain't going to do it for us. I just got enough country, southern Arkansas, I use the word ain't on it. He isn't going to do it for us. That's our responsibility. The children that you have, your responsibility is to start building them if you haven't already a spiritual heart. And that's important that you and I do that. I got to go to work. I got to get in the fight. I got to, uh, God's going to give me the blueprint. He's going to show me how to do it. It's in his word. He said, Brother Doug, I gave Noah the blueprint for the ark, and I'm going to give you the blueprint for, the, for building a spiritual ark for your family, and it's right here in this book. All you got to do is read it. It's wrote down. It's filled with the Spirit. It's not dead, and it's preaching your life. He said, go to work. What are you at today? Are you working for that direction? <laughs> Prepare means to arrange, to plan, to make ready. I can't stand at, at, at the end of my life and say, God, I blew it. I blew it. I kept my mouth shut. I didn't take what you gave me. I simply blew it. The one thing that's most important for me to do, hey, listen, I preach when I teach, but that's not the important thing God has for me. That's, that's a good stuff. His old saying is, that's the gravy. I have a prayer life with God and we talk. That's important. I have a spiritual life that I work on. And sometimes that takes work. Sometimes it's, it don't feel good to come to church. And sometimes it don't feel good to read God's Word. Sometimes it don't feel good to talk to God because I done messed up and I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in trouble. But I work on it. I want my children to see it. And young people, let me tell you something. Your mama and your daddy is not perfect. They're not perfect. We blow it like you do. But I'm going to share something with you. They're the best thing you've got going. Now, if you can do it in a better way when you get older, praise God. But we need to listen to our adults, our leaders. Those that care about us. Those that get up and go to work but they don't feel like going to work. Those that touch our lives when it be uh, <coughs> might be uh, feel better doing something else. Those that struggle day in and day out to, to work. A, a child gets to the place, not that they just graduated from high school and not just because they get to go to college, 
but that they know the living God personally in their lives. The ark is a place of safety. The ark is a place of security. The ark is a power of God in our lives. The ark is a refuge that we have that when everything else is blown up and when we've made everybody else mad, that we have a refuge that goes to, we can go to, and his name is Jehovah God. The ark is the victory. And I'm not talking about financial things and they're good and wrong and things I like and everybody likes. But those are not the things that count. The victory is that I've come to the end of my life as a man. And, I, and I've said, hey, this is what God gave me to do. Our witness is important. Everybody else but Noah and his wife and three sons and three daughter-in-laws, eight people died. You say, that's a, that's a pretty good story, brother. But I know it's not a story. It's a fact. It's a fact. A blind. I found a poem, and I'm going to close with this. I thought this was pretty good. A lady by the name of Nancy Spielberg wrote it. It says, the title of it, If I Had Only Known You. It says, Lord, I crawled across a barrenness to you with my empty cup, uncertain in asking any small drop of refreshment. If only I had known you better, I would have come running with the help. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're facing in life. Guys, I don't know what's what you're going through, and I wish I, as a, as a pastor, could uh, uh, solve everybody's problem, but I can't. But I know somebody who can. And the society that we live in today is important for a man. You know, some people live their whole life and they never grow up or still boys. It is important for a man to build for his family a spiritual ark. And you say, Brother Doug, I haven't done that. I'm a failure. And I'm telling you, there's no failures in God. If you didn't, if you didn't do it yesterday, then you started today. We spend too much time looking in the past and not looking ahead. Okay? Too much time. Whatever your situation is, whatever you, maybe you're divorced, in your family, whatever, if you've got children, you forget about what's back there. That's right. And you pick up and you go today and you grab your children and your wife, if you've got a new wife, and you get you a bucket, and don't you crawl through this world hoping something by or something will give you a drink of water because God says if you'll run to me, you need to bring your bucket. 
Okay, Matt, you come to praise team. God says, don't worry about yesterday. Let's take care of it today. Maybe you're in this church and you just want to come to the altar and praise God. Whatever it is, whatever God's leading you to do today, will you come to God's altar today? As we sing. <laughs> 